0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Andrew McDowell about the impact creativity has on creating value. Andrew McDowell, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Uh, It's great to be here with you today, and hopefully together we can generate some value in your listening audience today.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're joining us from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. Today, we're going to be focusing on creativity and the impact that creativity has on creating value. Uh, in organizations, of course, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to create products and services that add value to the marketplace. And we, w- we want high-performing teams that are able to continue to create, and innovate, and add value to the marketplace. Um, but that's easier said than done. So we're going to unpack that and try to explore how we can uh, really utilize creativity in an impactful way to add value in our teams. As we get started, I wanted to share Andy's bio with everybody. Andy McDowell is an engineer by trade and a creative by nature. He spent 22 years with Boeing Company where he always felt more like a life coach than a boss. In 2002, he began his journey into entrepreneurship within a corporation when he was asked to develop an aerospace design consulting business from scratch that would serve the global government market Andy has a bachelor's degree from Georgia Tech in electrical engineering and a master's degree in computer information systems from Georgia State. Naturally his aviation work took him around the world and enabled him to work on high-profile projects such as preparing the Beijing and Sochi airports for their respective Olympic games. So Andy, that is a wonderful background, super intriguing, a little bit different of a professional background than I typically have as, an, uh, as a guest on this podcast. I'm super excited to unpack and, and explore with you um, your engineering background and what that brings to the, this uh, topic of creativity. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context before we dive on into the conversation?
1: Uh, I would just add that I'm also um, a co-author on two U.S. patents in the area of airspace design.
0: Wonderful. So extensive expertise in aerospace engineering, um, and, and that really does bring a unique kind of lens to this creativity that we're going to be talking about today. So why don't you um, start by explaining for us a little bit of your experience at Boeing and in, in your um, aerospace design consulting business? Uh, what really drove you in that direction and what was the role of creativity that you saw in the work that you were doing earlier in your career? Uh,
1: so, my, so my role um, as a low-level executive in the Boeing company, I was charged with creating this consulting service from scratch. Uh, Boeing had an interest in expanding the market for airplanes. Um, how is it that we can sell more airplanes and do it in such a way that we didn't have to go grab more market share from our competitors. And the way you do that is you have to uh, create a more efficient and safe air traffic control system that can handle more planes up in the air without a reduction um, of safety as we know it today. And GPS was just starting to come on board when I started my career it brought a lot of accuracy, um, benefits to flight operations. And so largely what we were doing was taking the various forms of GPS uh, in the flight operations to to create that efficiency on the ground as well as up in the air for governments around the world. And by doing so, then more airplanes could be in the air and Boeing could sell more airplanes. So we were very much a strategic business, you know, weren't high expectations from a revenue perspective, but was seen as an enabler for more revenues to occur in other parts of the company. Um, But inherently within doing that, you have to be creative in how you use that technology in building those highways in the sky to get the operational benefits that um, a particular government's looking for um, an airport that we were working at. Um, and so I always discuss with my team that we have, a, whenever we were starting a project, we had a white canvas, much like a painter does, and that canvas consists of all the rules and regulations we had to follow uh, in terms of safety for those routes, but the actual routes that were gonna be, quote, painted on that canvas could be anything as long as it sits on the, cam- on the canvas. Um, and so we have to use our creative thinking, brainstorming, and so forth to figure out what is that painting, if you will, gonna look like for this airport that brings about the most efficiency for their operations. And so whenever we were starting a, a project, we'd be throwing ourselves in a conference room and throwing all kinds of ideas, create, you know, using our creative juices, um, to come up with some ideas of how this whole route system for departures and arrivals would be in an airport. Um, so you, you're you using your sort of left side of your brain on the technical side, uh, the complexity of it, but you're also using your right side of your brain from a creativity perspective to bring about the best solution for the customer.
0: Yeah, I really love that example. Uh, and it's one that may be a lot, you know, like I know myself, I'm not in the engineering space or the aerospace uh, industry at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I can't directly relate. Uh, but as you're describing that, I'm like, that's, yeah, that's the kind of situation a lot of us find ourselves in on a regular basis, as we're trying to iterate within our own sphere, right, of, of the marketplace. Um, and I suspect other uh, listeners are having similar light bulbs go off as you were describing some of that. Um, And maybe from your experience, you can describe some of those best practices that enhanced creativity uh, in your team versus maybe some of those things that you did uh, that inadvertently derailed the quality of the creativity that could emerge.
1: A lot of it starts with a conversation with the customer uh, because there's a lot of give and take uh, from the perspective. You may able to do certain things with the routes that brings one value or one quality up very high at the expense um, of another. And, and this is where we get into the whole uh, debate or fight, if you will, between pilots and air traffic controllers. right? And you have to understand um, what is important to each side of that equation. A pilot wants the most efficient routes that uses the least amount of fuel into an airport. Whereas an air traffic controller uh, has a lot of airplanes, a lot of flights that they're trying to handle, and their mandate is about capacity and safety. Um, and the two don't go hand in hand. So you have this push pull for those di- two dynamics from uh, each other. So it starts with a conversation with your customer. In our case, we're on the air traffic controller side, um, but they have pilots as customers. And so you have to have that conversation up front about uh, what do you value the most? Where are the benefits? You can't have it all, can't eat the whole cake. So, where are you willing to compromise uh, on the scenario, which is then going to drive the creativity of what you actually build for? The customer. And every time we'd be throwing up ideas and so forth, we would have that list of desires and benefits and looking at the pros and cons of each approach relative to those benefits that the customer was looking for. Um, and whenever we got ourselves in trouble, we, we missed the ball, if you will, in terms of ha- either having that dialogue up front or When we came up with the design, we thought it was going to be hitting the top desired elements, but in reality, it didn't because we were either missing pieces of data that was important to that decision, or we just blew it. You know, from that perspective, we're gonna have to go back to the drawing board to come up with something that, that truly hit the customer's mark.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's helpful. So certainly you need to understand your customer. You need to understand their wants, their desires. You need to be in regular communication with them to make sure that what you're doing fits with their expectations. And you know, what I always tell people is you want to, uh, under promise over deliver. And so whatever mm-hmm. the expectation level is of the customer, you want to do something that surpasses that expectation, not, coming below the bar (laughs) Um, and so so that that creates the context in which you start to do the work that hopefully will an environment that will be creative so you can come up with creative solutions were there any team dynamics that you saw that either enhanced or hindered the ability to be creative once you've had once you had that structure that context around what the expectations were and you're just trying to come up with good innovative ideas and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Uh,
1: the, the, the main thing was having um, an agreement on the common enemy, if you will or having a why of the project that everybody understands, agrees to, and is fighting for. Uh, So for example, uh, we did a project with the FAA uh, in Denver, Colorado, which was the headquarters of my division within Boeing. And the FAA by itself was trying to bring in GPS and tried two or three times on their own unsuccessfully. Um, And we were able to convince them to put together uh, a group of ourselves, themselves and airlines together and establish a common enemy, which was uh, the biggest benefit relative to efficiency and capacity uh, to tackle this problem for flight operations in the Denver area. And we were able to do that by, in the very beginning of the meeting for the pilots and the airlines to understand from an air traffic control perspective, what were their important items relative to it with them listening and then reverse it such that the airlines could talk about what was most important to them and the FAA to hear that and then find the win-win between those two parties and have that as the common enemy or the common objective within the project. And once we had everybody on board with that uh, and found the win-win, it was extremely successful to the point that airlines were involved in the design process of the routes. And then air traffic controllers went into flight simulators with the pilots to actually test run those routes so that both sides could understand how each other had to play in that environment and cooperated and worked together as one team to get the best result. Um, And so we use that as a model in our future projects around the world, trying to get, even though the government might be our paying customer, we would actively push for them to have their most prominent airlines involved in the project as a stakeholder. To get the best um, bang for their money and find that win-win between the two parties.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. So now let's let's try to transfer some of this experience that you've had in a very specific aerospace context with Boeing in this this consultancy kind of a role. Now, what would this look like for any of us listening who you know may lead a team of knowledge workers in any industry? Um, we want to create an environment where people, where our team can be uh, creative, where they can innovate on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. What are some of those commonalities that we can start to apply into how we lead our teams and the environment we try to create so we can optimize that creativity?
1: Well, I think it all, it all starts with respect from the standpoint that you respect everybody's opinions. You, you check your title and your authority and your work statement per se at the door. And every member, regardless if they're part of your team or, or a customer or a stakeholder or whatever, everybody's opinion has some value to add to the conversation. And what's the most important is the end result, not who did what. And that's why you refer back to that common enemy, if you will, perspective from that process. So. Uh, formally define the end result and desired objective, get all the proper stakeholders, as many as you can, involved in the environment, and then check your ego at the door from that perspective and create this safe, creative atmosphere uh, where everybody can, feels like they can safely provide input into the conversation and, and the work to optimize the result that you're going to get out of it because nobody's holding back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Excuse me. And ultimately it comes back to creating that psychologically safe environment where people feel um, safe enough to share their ideas, even if they seem a little bit off the wall or strange and they know that they're not going to be criticized or Slap down for for suggesting something that may seem a little bit out of the norm, um, because the reality is, anytime we're trying to innovate or be creative, you know, we're, we're we have certain constraints. But if we're too hung up on the constraints, we might fail to see some new solution that has never been conceived of before. And so it's like this fine line that we have to be able to walk uh, of not wasting time on things that are completely unrealistic, but also not being so trapped into the structure of our preconceived notions uh, and assumptions that we can't look for new approaches Uh, and so psychological safety and allowing people to iterate and quote-unquote fail I I say quote-unquote because you know I think failure is only failure if you don't learn from what didn't work Um, and so as long as we're trying and iterating and learning uh, it's not necessarily failure if we're you know, falling forward, failing fast, and using it as a stepping stone to move on to the next thing, um, and so that's the kind of environment we want to be able to create, and then we can leverage that to to come up with really cool ideas that ultimately, again, adding value to the market with your customers. That's in line with what their needs are. Um, that certainly has to be the case. Uh, but but as we as as we're consistently creating that kind of a safe environment while being attuned to the customer needs uh the sky's the limit on what we can accomplish and i think that's a really exciting thing that adds a lot of meaning fulfillment for for our people for our teams um that gets them excited to get up in the morning because they know they're doing something that matters they know that they're not just showing up punching in punching out sitting at their desk and just kind of trying to make it through the day but but they get excited to come and and try to uh really make an impact and and that's right go go ahead
1: If I, if I could uh, also add value comes in different forms. Uh, Physical value, financial value, emotional value, spiritual value. I mean, we could sit here for half an hour, going through all the different forms of value in the world. And are you keeping an eye on that ball as you go on to do this project with a customer? How, How, um, Yes, it's important that that your art that you're using to generate your product or service that gets delivered to the customer is important and there's value in that, but h- how did they feel when they were working with you? Were you easy to work with or were you difficult? Were you trying to control too many things or did you make the customer feel like they were part of the process? so forth and so on. And are you keeping an eye on that as you go through the project uh, about the different forms of value that you're offering to the customer as you go through the process?
0: Yeah, yeah, well said. Well, Andy, it has just been a pleasure. Uh, I know the time and we're going to have to wrap up here in a few minutes, but um, it's really been fun to hear about your experiences and to think about how that this might apply into various situations we also find ourselves in. Before we wrap up today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: So um, I have a podcast. It's... Um... Named off after my company, Generate Your Value. I'm out, out on all the um, popular podcast platforms that you can find uh, on a weekly basis every Tuesday. Uh, I have a co-host that's a business owner. We talk about life leadership and um, small business topics from that perspective. We've been doing it since August of last year. So you can tune into that. Hopefully, tidbits you get from listening to that will add some value to your life or to your business. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Just uh, search Generate Your Value on those platforms and you'll find uh, my pages. If you're in the Atlanta area, I have coaching services from the perspective of one-on-one workshops, as well as uh, mastermind kind of groups uh, to help you um, with your life leadership and um, small business issues in terms of growing your company. So those are all various in my website, www.generateyourvalue.com are all areas or ways that you can interact with the value I'm trying to create out in the world.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Andy. It has just been a real pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, to get connected, find out more about what Andy and his team can do for you. Check out those resources and you know, always be thinking about how can you create a really dynamic environment where your people are excited to come to work, where they feel engaged and where they feel safe to be creative and innovative. I think that's what we all want. As always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.